بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا ونبينا أبي القاسم المصطفى محمد وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين لا سيما بقية الله في الأرضين Talking about the glorious Quran, we reach this point that the Quran originates from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to explain it more, we said that there is a universe which is the closest thing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in several verses of the Qur'an refers to that. In that universe, for example, we have the treasures of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from which some little portions are being sent down to this world that we live in. وَإِن مَنْ شَيْنَ اللَّهِ عِنْدَنَا خَزَائِنُهُ وَمَا نُنَزِّلُهُ إِلَّا بِقَدَرٍ مَعْلُومٍ There is nothing unless its treasures are endana, are close to us, with us, but we send it down to a very fixed measure, very limited measure we send it down. إِنَّمَا الْعِلْمُ إِنْدَ اللَّهِ The treasure of knowledge is also there. And also we said that those who are close to Allah, muqarrabun, those are brought nearer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like the angels and those who constantly remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they are also in that universe. وَمَنْ عِنْدَهُ لَا يَسْتَكْبِرُونَ عَنْ عِبَادَتِهِ وَلَا يَسْتَحْسِرُونَ Another thing that Allah says in the Qur'an that came from there is about Lady Maryam Salamullah alayha Allah says Kullama dakhala alayha Zakariya al-mihrab Wajada indaha rizqa Whenever Zakariya went to visit Lady Mary in the place of worship found that there is rizq sustenance and this was not something which was normal it's very special therefore he asked lady, Where is this coming from? And she said, This comes from that world, which is with Allah, which is close. So it's not something that I have cooked or you know, something I have purchased in the market or someone has brought me as a gift. This is something which is sent by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, this is the concept of uh, the world or the universe which is the closest to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that is Allah. Then when we come to the Quran itself, we realize that the Quran itself also is in that universe. For example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Baqarah number 89, أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ وَلَمَّا جَاءَهُمْ كِتَابٌ مِنْ عِنْدِ اللَّهِ When a book comes to them, which is not a normal book, it's not a book in this world. You know, there are thousands, millions of books, but these books are produced here. But that is a book which is مِنْ عِنْدِ اللَّهِ from that universe which is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Surah Naml number 6. You are being given the Quran, you receive the Quran from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is wise and knowledgeable. So, 
what is the source of the Quran? What is the origin of the Quran? Is Allah Himself and in particular Allah's knowledge and wisdom. These two qualities of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, knowledge and wisdom, are the source of the Quran. And this is why you find in the Quran wisdom and knowledge. And in the discussions that we had about wisdom, I explained that uh, in the Quran, Al-Hakim with Alif and Lam is used only for Allah and the Quran. By uh, Alif and Lam. Then, in some verses, we have more details. For example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Zukhruf, if you start from verse 2 up to 4, the first verse is Hamim, but verse 2, Wal Kitab al Mubin. Wav here, according to Allah Matabatabai, is meaning by, to Surah, means, means by the book which is clear. So Allah himself is saying, by the book which is clear, We have made this a Quran. Quran means something which can be read, can be recited. Arabian. Arabi has two meanings. Sometimes Arabi means Arabic. But in many cases, Arabi means clear. Many cases in which the term Arabi is used as a quality for the Quran means clear. And the reason the language Arabic is called Arabi because it's a clear language and also because perhaps the Arabs when they didn't understand other languages, you know, they called them Ajam. And Ajam means someone who can, like, you know, someone who cannot speak. For them, non-Arabs were like, you know, the people who cannot speak. So, Arabic can mean, Arabic can mean clear. There is one verse that definitely must be meaning Arabic, because it says, بِلِّسَانٍ عَرَبِيًّ مُبِينٍ When it talks about lesan which is tongue, that is Arabic, because the Quran says every prophet was sent in the same language and tongue of the nation to whom was sent. In any case, Quran is a very clear book, and Allah has definitely made it clear, so that you may understand. So, part of the revelation of the Quran, or tanzil of the Quran, is to simplify the Quran to make it in the way that we can understand the Quran in the way which is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is beyond our understanding so Allah has simplified 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 it put it into a literal form with verbs nouns prepositions so that we can understand and inshallah I will explain this in another verse as well so, But then Allah says, But this Quran is with us in the mother of the book, which is Loha Mahfuz, we will explain, and it is very high. And Hakim, it's either wise or it means that it has been made firm and detailed. We will explain this, inshallah. So, from this verse, these two verses in Surah Zukhruf, we realize that the Quran has two sides. One side is facing us. This is the Quran that we read, we reflect on, we memorize which is made definitely by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a language that we can understand. 
and he has asked us to reflect on that. But it has another side. The other side of the Quran is facing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it has such a high position there that we would not be able to understand. La'aliyun hakim. The Quran has a very high position and great Allah Tabai says in Al-Mizan says that it is high, it means that it's beyond your understanding. You cannot imagine what is the Quran because it's the word of God and inshallah we will explain this more. So these two sides of the Quran, two aspects of the Quran have to be always remembered. In Surah Buruj, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, بَلْ هُوَ قُرْآنٌ مَجِيدٌ فِي لَوْحٍ مَحْفُوظٌ This noble Qur'an, this glorious Qur'an, is in lawha mahfuz, in a protected tablet. What is lawha mahfuz? Lawha mahfuz, is not really a tablet, you know, from, for example, wood or stone. It refers to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's knowledge in which everything which exists, maybe it's something that has not yet known by us, something that has not yet happened in this world. Everything which exists, all the facts, all the realities, all the truths are in. Because Allah knows everything. For that knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we use the term Loha Mahfuz, which is Ummul Kitab. And this is the mother of the book. There is another Loha, and that is called Loha Mahfu Ispat. A tablet in which things are there, but they are subject to change. The things that may happen, but also can be stopped. The reason it is called Mahf and Isbat is this verse from the Quran in Surat Ra'd. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Surat Ra'd is chapter 13, number 39. يَمْحُ اللَّهُ مَا يَشَاءُ وَيُثْبِتْ وَعِنْدَهُ أُمُّ الْكِتَابِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wipes out or leaves it to remain, registers, but with him or close to him is the mother of the book. So there are two levels of Allah's knowledge or two levels of having access to Allah's knowledge. One is the lower one, which is mahfu ithbat, something which is subject to change, it's conditional, I will explain more, something which is fixed. If someone gets access to the lower loh, he would be able to realize what is going to happen if there is no overriding factor, if there is nothing to stop. For example, a person is supposed to die. But it is not his fixed deadline. For some reason, he's supposed to die. Maybe there is a, for example, car going to hit him. Maybe there is a kind of, I don't know, animal is going to attack or a snake is going to bite. A snake going to bite. But... This person pays sadaqah. This payment of sadaqah or charity changes the condition. So he doesn't actually die in that time which was initially written in Lohe Mahvo Espat. So if someone had access to that loh, he would tell you that this is going to happen, he's going to die. But then later that can change. Most of the time it happens, but sometimes it changes. And this is what we have in the school of Ahlul Bayt, we call Bada. 
It means that something you thought it is going to happen, but it appears to be something else. For example, there is a report in Amali by Sheikh Sadduq, the Hadith. The late Sheikh Sadduq mentions this, and then the late Majlisi reports also the same. There was a wedding, and the bride was said that is going to die. Jesus said that this bride is going to die. And that was the actual night of wedding. But then they saw that bride didn't die. Was alive. Jesus asked her, have you done something on your way? Have you paid sadaqah? She said yes. And then Jesus said that sadaqah stops the calamities that are decided to happen. It's a kind of uh, you know, powerful factor that can come and change the overall balance. So before sadaqah, everything was leading to the death of this person. Sadaqah changed this. There is another story about the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. One day he was with his some of his companions, and they saw a man going outside town to collect some pieces of wood and logs. And it was said that this person is going to die. After some time, they saw he is coming back. And he was okay, alive. The prophet said, open your pack. And there was a snake inside the pack. But that person had paid sadaqah. So that sadaqah helped him, saved him. Indeed, we have... Uh, Hadith that in Akhirul Zaman, most of people die before their fixed deadline comes. So it's possible to avoid many of problems by sadaqah or doing good actions. Because we are dying not in the year that we are supposed to die. We are dying sooner most of the time. If the fixed deadline comes, even if you pay whole world, the sadaqah is not going to be postponed. But most of the time we are not dying because it's our fixed deadline. In the time of Prophet Yunus, he lost his hope in his people. They were not listening to him. And he realized that these are going to be published. He had this knowledge, but the knowledge was because of access to Loha Mahwaspat. So he left the people and he thought that they are going to be published. Sorry, punished. What happened was that there was a knowledgeable man in the people and he said, I am feeling that a big you know, punishment is going to happen. A big azab is going to come because he was very knowledgeable. So what he did was that after Yusnos left his people, he asked them all to come and to repent. They all repented, and although Azab was going to come, and they could see the signs of Azab, Allah removed Azab. And this is actually mentioned in the Quran, Surah Yunus, number 98. Allah says, Why? There is no town, there is no village that they have faith and their faith can help them. Means why they don't have faith and they don't benefit from their faith. The exception is the people of Yunus. And Allah then explains how their faith helped them. When they wanted to believe and accept to return to God, Allah says, Kashafna anhum We removed 
the punishment from them. And we gave them another opportunity. We increased the life. So it's quite possible that something can be done, especially like charity, like repentance, visiting and being kind to parents and relatives, these can increase your life. There is a hadith from Imam Ali alayhi salam. As a comment on the verse 39 of Surah Ra'd, Yamhullah ma yasha wa yuthbit wa indahu ummul kitab. Imam Ali commented on this verse. And he said, Imam told the person who wanted to know about this verse, I give you an interpretation of this verse that you become very happy, your eyes become very, you know, bright, and also for the people, my people who come later. And this is the explanation that Imam gave. as if you give sadaqa in a proper way, with pure intention, in a good case, and being kind to your parents, doing good for your parents, you do good actions, if a person is supposed, because of his previous actions, to end up with being a misfortunate person, a person who lives in misery, it becomes sa'ada, it becomes happiness. وَيَزِيدُ فِي الْعُمْرَ These things can increase your life. وَيَقِي مَسَارَ And save you from calamities, from collapse. So, these are realities that we have to know. In another hadith, Imam Bagr said, There are certain affairs that they are definitely going to happen. They are not going to change. But there are certain things which are suspended, which are conditional. And the decision lies with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. يُقَدِّمُ فِيهَا مَا يَشَاء Allah can make them earlier. يَمْحُ مَا يَشَاء Allah can stop them. وَيُثْبِتُ مِنْهَا مَا يَشَاء And Allah can let them happen. So some of the things are definitely going to happen, like the day of resurrection. This is definitely going to happen. Even if we all want to avoid that, it's not going to work. But many things are things that can be stopped can be brought earlier, can be postponed, or can happen if it's left as it is. Imam Zainul Abidin alayhi salam said, Lawla ayatun fi kitab Allah lahaddastukum bima kana wa ma yakun ila yawm al-qiyamah. Imam said, If it was not because of one verse of the Qur'an, I would have informed you about everything that happened in the past and is going to happen in future. But there is one verse which does not let me to tell you what is going to happen. They asked, Ayyatu Ayah, what is that verse? And Imam said, قَالَ اللَّهُ يَمْحُ So, even the prophets, even the imams, they didn't know all the time what is in lohe mahfuz, what is the final decision of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for some reason only gave them access to lohe mahfuz spot. Sometimes this is for a kind of preparation so that we do something better. Sometimes this is a test like Ibrahim. Ibrahim was a great prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in his dream, 
he saw that he is killing Ismail. And it is very interesting that here there is a difference between the narration of the Bible and the narration of the Quran. In addition to whether it was Ismail or Ishaq, because according to the Bible it's Isaac, and according to us it's Ismail. But in addition to that, according to the Bible, Ibrahim doesn't tell his son what is he going to do with him. So his son is quite unaware that his father is going to kill him. According to the Quran, it's quite opposite. Ibrahim tells his son, it's a kind of, you know, preparation or perhaps consultation. And he says in a very gentle way. He doesn't say that I am going to kill you or God has asked me to kill you. He says, Ya Bunayya, inni ara fil manam, anni azbahok. He said, my dear son, I had a dream that in that dream I was slaughtering you. He didn't say, I am going to do this or not. He wanted to see what is Ismail thinking about this. Ismail was a person who was very understanding. He realized that the dream of his father is true. He's a prophet. He said, Ya abatif alma to Umar. Said, My father, whatever you are commanded, do it. Satajiduni, insha'Allah, menasabirin. Inshallah, you will find me a patient person. He didn't say, I am a patient person. He said, Inshallah. This is the absolute tawheed. He was not proud of himself. He didn't say, I am going to definitely you know, endure this. He said, Inshallah, you will find me. I am patient. And he encouraged his father. He said, Ef'al ma tu'mar. Please do what you are asked to do. Okay. So, Ibrahim definitely didn't know that at the end he is not going to a slaughter and there would be a kind of redemption. And, you know, he didn't know that. Because if he knew that, the whole point of testing Ibrahim and Ismail was lost. So, sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even for his prophets and very close servants, he gives them only access to lohu mahfuzbat, not to the lohu mahfuz or ummul kitab. So this is the idea. Now we go back to the Quran. Where is the source of the Quran? The origin of the Quran. Of course, it is coming from Allah's knowledge. But which type of Allah's knowledge? The lower one, which is Mahfu Isbat, or the higher one, which is Ummul Kitab? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran that it is Lohi Mahfuz, it's Ummul Kitab. وَإِنَّهُ فِي أُمِّ الْكِتَابِ لَدَيْنَا لَعَلِيٌّ حَكِيمٌ The Quran is in Lohi Mahfuz. Or in Surah Buruj number 22, in the highest level. The Quran is in the closest position to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nothing is closer to Allah than the Quran. Because Quran is the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this word is manifestation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is very important. Sometimes something is created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is a still a sign of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah says, Afala yanduruna illal ibli kayfa khulqat. Then don't do, uh, they look at camels, how they are created. This camel is a sign of God. It's ayah. It's a sign. If you look at a camel, how the camel is created, you realize that there must be a creator. All these things around us, these are signs of Allah. There are also signs inside us. Our own heart, our own soul, and the faculties that we have, everything. These are also signs of Allah. There are some signs that are outside in horizon, some are inside. But all these signs 
are created. These are creatures of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Quran is a sign of Allah which is not created. Quran is manifestation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself talking to us. So it's not comparable to anything that we have in this world. Imam Ali alayhi salam says about Quran being a manifestation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is in Nahjul Balaghe according to the one that I had 147, Sermon 147. Also it is in Kafi. Imam Ali says about the Quran, Allah manifested himself in his book. من غير أن يكونوا رأوه without them seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah has showed himself in his book you remember the, the example that I told you the difference between having a photo of someone and having the picture of that person in mirror in mirror, you have live picture. There is connection. The picture that you see in mirror is not disconnected. If it is disconnected for a moment, there is no picture in mirror. There must be constantly a person. Then you can have his picture reflected. Otherwise, if the person goes away, there is no picture. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has manifested himself in the Quran. But this manifestation is made in the way that we can cope with. So, it says, جَعَلْنَاهُ قُرْآنًا عَرَبِيًّا لَعَلَّكُمْ تَعْقِلُونَ وَإِنَّهُ فِي أُمِّ الْكِتَابِ لَدَيْنَا لَعَلِيٌّ حَكِيمٌ this manifestation has two sides. One side is the one that is simplified. You look at a mirror to see it. But the other side of Quran, which is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is Aliyun Hakim, in a very high position. You don't have any, you know, imagination that that Quran, what it could be. The Prophet ﷺ had access to that side of the Qur'an as well. And the people who are made pure. Allah says, إِنَّهُ لَقُرْآنٌ كَرِيمٌ فِي كِتَابٍ مَكْنُونٌ لَا يَمَسُّهُ إِلَّا الْمُطَحَّرُونَ this Qur'an is in a book, in a hidden book, which is Loha Mahfuz. No one can touch that hidden book or the Qur'an, but the other side of the Qur'an, unless he is purified. This side of the Qur'an, you need ritual evolution. Yeah? That side of the Qur'an, you need a spiritual purity, heart purity. La yamassuhu illal mutahharun. And a person asked Imam Sadiq alayhi salam, it seems that it was Zurare who was asking Imam Sadiq, Ma tilkal qashyatu allati kanat tusibu Rasulallah. What was that special condition which used to happen to the Prophet when he was receiving revelation? Qashya means you are like shocked. You are not unconscious, but you are like shocked. It was very difficult for the Prophet to receive revelation. 
امام صادق علیه السلام سید زاکه ازا تجل الله سبحانه له من غیر ان یکون بینه و بین الله احد That was the time that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was directly manifesting himself to the Prophet. You remember we said sometimes the Prophet received revelation without an angel being in between. It's direct communication. That manifestation of Allah was so powerful that the Prophet's condition was different. It was very difficult. But the Prophet had so much capacity that he didn't die or he didn't, you know, become unconscious. You remember the hadith from Imam Askari that said the reason the Quran was revealed to the Prophet was because Allah found him to have the greatest capacity in his heart. So he had the greatest capacity, he could still cope with this, but with difficulty. You know, he was stretched. So that he can take this manifestation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But if this manifestation happens even to mountains, they will be made into pieces. لَوْ أَنزَلْنَا هَذَا الْقُرْآنَ عَلَىٰ جَبَلٍ لَرَأَيْتَهُ خَاشِعًا مُتَصَدَّعًا مِنْ خَشْيَةِ اللَّهِ Or when this manifestation happened to the mount next to Musa alayhi salam, when Musa said, Oh Allah, please show yourself to me. Arani andur ilayk. Allah said, Lan tarani ya Musa. You cannot see me. Lakin andur ilal jabal. Look at this mount. Fa in istagarra makanahu fasawfa tarani. If it remains intact, you can see me. Falamma tajalla rabbuhu lil jabal ja'alahu dakka. Wa kharra Musa sayra. When Allah manifested to that mount, what happened to that mount? It was broken, made into pieces, and Musa went unconscious. The manifestation didn't happen to Musa. It happened to the mount, and Musa went unconscious. And the Quran is manifestation of Allah to the Prophet. He didn't go unconscious, but he was really stretched, because he had greatest capacity. So, this is the Qur'an. But what we understand from the Qur'an is just the picture in the mirror. We see part of it. We see something that is understandable for us. Let me give you an example. And this example should help us to understand that still this picture is very valuable. Don't underestimate the Qur'an. Because this is a picture which is live. And it's connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted to inform Lady Mary about Jesus, so Allah sent Jibra'il. But did Jibra'il appear to Mary in his real form? No. فَتَمَثَّلَ لَهَا بَشَرًا سَوِيَّةً Jibrail appeared as a human being, quite normal human being. And Lady Mary could speak to him and see him. Okay. If you have Jibrail, if something like what happened to Lady Mary happens to you, that you have Jibrail here, but in the form of a human being, what would be your reaction? Would you say because it's a human being and we have billions of them, so it's normal? Or you know that this is Jibra'il, but in order you can see and, you know, cope has taken a form which is understandable for you. Okay? Otherwise, it's a special. So you just want to look at Jibra'il, you just want to get, you know, the closest position to Jibra'il. And Jibra'il is yet not like the Qur'an. Jibra'il is at the service of the Qur'an. So Qur'an, instead of 
Jibra'il appearing as a human being, Quran, which is Allah's knowledge, has appeared in the form of a book. What should be your reaction? You must not leave Quran even for a moment away from your mind and heart. Of course, to carry the Quran is important, but at least the mind and heart must be always with the Quran. The Prophet ﷺ said that I leave among you two weighty things, two very precious things. One of them is the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when he talked about the book of Allah, he said, Hablun mamdudun bayna samai wal This is a rope which is extended between heaven and it's heaven doesn't mean, you know, moon or Mars. This means that the world which is with, close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And earth. Hablun mamdudun. What does it mean? It means that Quran is not thrown to you. Quran is extended to you. And Allah is still is holding the other side of the Quran. Imagine there is a rope that one side of the rope is held by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you can hold the other one. If we all hold the other side, then we would be saved from any problem. Because the other side is held by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is Hablul Mateen, this is Urwatul Wusqa as we have in Hadith. So, Quran is something which is from Allah, with Allah, by Allah, for our benefit. And inshallah, if we get familiar with the Quran, if we purify ourselves, the Quran takes us to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Very easily. You know, sometimes... They want to rescue some people from helicopter. They send, you know, some, you know, like escalators or ladder something. So you, this is like Quran. Allah has extended Quran to us so that we can get it. And Quran is always fresh. Because it's always connected to Allah. Can you imagine something which is held by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to become old or weak or outdated, it's impossible. Quran is always fresh. It's especially, especially fresh in the months of Ramadan. That is the most freshest time that Quran has. Imam alayhi salam said, لكل شيء ربيع والربيع القرآن شهر رمضان. Everything has a spring. For months of uh, for Quran, months of Ramadan is the spring. So, a new life comes to the Quran. A new manifestation, a new fragrance of the Quran is spread in the months of Ramadan. New leaves, new fruits. New ideas to understand in the months of Ramadan. Especially in Laylatul Qadr. Laylatul Qadr has a special connection with the Quran. Not only because Quran was revealed in Laylatul Qadr. No, because in every Laylatul Qadr, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives more barakah to Quran. A person asked, a person called Dawood ibn Farqad, asked Imam Sadiq about Laylatul Qadr. He asked, O oh, Imam, was Laylatul Qadr just one year? He said, Akhbarni an Laylatul Qadr, kanat aw takun fi kullam. It was only one year or every year repeats. Look at this hadith. It's very deep. 
Was Laylatul Qad just one year or it repeats every year? You know the answer. Laylatul Qad is every year. But look at the answer of Imam. Imam said, لَوْ رُفِعَتْ لَيْلَةُ الْقَادْرِ لَرُفِعَ الْقُرْآنِ If Laylatul Qadr was going to stop, Allah would take back the Qur'an. Without Laylatul Qadr, Qur'an would not be available to us. This is Allah's blessing that in every Laylatul Qadr, He extends the time that we can have access to the Qur'an. And therefore you see that the main a'mal of Laylatul Qadr are related to the Qur'an and Ahlul Bayt who are with the Qur'an as the Prophet said and they will never separate from each other till they go back to the Prophet near the fountain of Kothar. So when we put the Qur'an on our head, what are we doing? We are trying to connect ourselves to the rope which is held by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We open the Quran in front of our eyes showing that we want to benefit from the Quran. We want the light of Quran, the guidance of the Quran. We want to respect the Quran. The Prophet said, Whoever puts Quran in front of him, Quran will guide him towards heaven. And na'uzu billah, if someone turns back to the Quran, Quran will push him to the hell. Because if you show no respect to Quran, it means that you show no respect to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, Inshallah, in this Laylatul Qadr, we should make a promise to ourselves and to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we are going to change our attitude towards the Qur'an as a person, as a family, as a community. Everyone should try to be more with the Qur'an, to understand the Qur'an more, and more than that, to implement the Qur'an. The values which are there in the Qur'an must be found easily in Muslim community. You shouldn't struggle to find... Alhamdulillah, we have one person who is observing these things. Or sometimes even we don't have one person who is observing all these things. All Muslims must represent the Qur'an. All our lives must be according to the Qur'an. Otherwise, what is the point? Just having a book, it's not enough. This book must be our guide. The people who have Qur'an and don't act upon the Qur'an are in a worse situation than the people who don't have Qur'an. When the disciples of Jesus ask him to ask Allah to send down Ma'idah, banquet, Prophet Isa prayed to Allah, Anzal alayna ma'idatan minas sama. Please send us a banquet table. What did Allah say? Allah said, I'm going to send down this to you. But, If after you receive this banquet, this table from heaven, any of you is unthankful or a disbeliever, I'm going to punish him in the way that I don't punish anyone. It's not easy. Do you have food direct from heaven and then you want to be like other people? No. Expectations are different from you. Allah has given you the Quran, His own manifestation. And now you don't act according to Quran, so Allah will treat us much more severe than the way He treats the people who have no Quran. So, it's a gift what brings responsibility. It's an honor, but brings accountability. And inshallah, we appreciate it and benefit from it. Otherwise, it becomes never mind. Something that would be very painful that the Quran comes on the day of judgment and complains. 
The Prophet complained, said, إِنَّ قَوْمِ اتَّخَذُوا هَذَا الْقُرْآنِ مَحْجُورًا He doesn't say, the kuffar have not believed in the Qur'an. That is obvious. He says, my own people have abandoned the Qur'an. إِنَّ قَوْمِ اتَّخَذُوا هَذَا الْقُرْآنِ مَحْجُورًا There are reciters who recite beautifully, but this is not implementation of the Qur'an. Many of these reciters may be miles away from Qur'an. How much the light of Qur'an is there in your life? How much the purity of Qur'an is in your heart? This is the question, not just recite. Of course, reciting is very good, but this is just the first step. To go and learn how to read and write is important, but if you learn how to read and write and then write, you know, bad things and misguide people, you cannot say, I am able to read and write. Okay, what are you using this for? You can read the Quran, you can perhaps interpret the Quran. But for what reason? To benefit from the Quran, to share the beauties of Quran with other people, or just to gain money, attention, attraction. This is, na'uzu billah, using Quran as a business. You remember the hadith that there are three types of people. One of them do business. They want to gain worldly things from Qur'an. This is wrong. So, inshallah, in this night, which is the most likely night to be Laylatul Qadr, we promise to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to spend more time on reflection and contemplation of the Qur'an and inshallah trying to implement the Qur'an. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in return, inshallah, helps us and grants us tawfiq, insha'Allah, to be always at the service of his book, insha'Allah, with Ahlul Bayt, May Allah, insha'Allah, forgive all our sins and mistakes. May Allah, insha'Allah, give you the tawfiq to be always on the right path, along with your children, generation by generation. May Allah protect, insha'Allah, you and your family and the community from everything which is bad and dislike. May Allah forgive all marhumin. Especially those who have rights upon us, those who have introduced the Qur'an and Ahlul Bayt to us, our ulama, our maraja, the martyrs. May Allah heal all the brothers and sisters. May Allah make the last moment of our life the best moment of our life. Wa da'wana and alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen.